Hey, Kathy, do you know what time of year it is? I do. It's the holiday season. Right. And this year, I'm planning ahead and stocking up on a gift that will cover all the readers and want-to-be readers in my life. Well, give us this great gift idea. Okay. It's our new Read Happy, the ultimate reading journal. And we designed it with our friends in mind, so it's perfect. Plus, it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookshop.org. And there are links on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com and journalhappy.com. Happy holidays. And happy reading. Welcome to GOB with Christy and Kathy, where we talk about writing, reading, and life in between. I'm Christy in South Florida. And I'm Kathy in South Dakota. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and crime fiction. We have interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors on our Corks and Conversation episodes. And don't forget our Words and Progress episodes where we have fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us for today's episode. Welcome to Corks and Conversation with L. Grawl. Oh, I'm so excited about this, Christy. I really enjoyed her book, One of Those Faces. And it's a great premise, and I am so excited to talk to her about doppelgangers. I'm oh, yeah. hugely interested in this, and um, then you add a little murder in the mix. Yeah, I mean- <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, very, it's very creepy, creepy. Um, but before we get into all that, um, let me tell you, everyone, about her a little bit. So Elle Grawl is a lawyer and author of psychological suspense novels, one of, one of those faces and what still burns. After obtaining her BA in English literature, she took a detour into law before returning to her love of writing. Sound familiar, Kathy? (laughs) Her lifelong interest in true crime and experiences as an attorney have provided her with plenty of writing material. Elle enjoys traveling and spending time with her husband and their two dogs. She has um, some really great reviews of this book, including one by J.T. Ellison. She's the New York Times bestselling author. And, I, love, uh, we, uh, I love J.T. Ellison. Yes, yes, yes. And we talked to her in season two, so we know she had a lot to offer. So if she says yep. it's good, and what she said was, um, what an insidious, creepy page turner. L. Grawl has created a completely assured debut that will send chills down your spine and keep you looking over your shoulder. <laughs> so L, it's so nice to have you here with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So I am I I suggested the wine today. I'm having a little I don't have the bottle with me. I wish I did. I suggested the apothic cab. Is that what you have today, L2? I have it. Yes. <laughs> I came prepared. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> she came to play. Kind of a creepy looking uh, label. And I just think it's a perfect cab for today. I will tell you, I did grab the tasting notes. We haven't done that for a while. Um, but it offers a big presence of a classic cab with a silky touch. Signature layers of blackberry, compote, and black currant wrap around hints of mocha and vanilla. Blending the wine with Zinfandel delivers the complexity of Cabernet with billowy tannins that glide across the palate smoothly. Oh, just rub it in while I do dry January over here. <laughs> so I'm I'm glad you're joining in with me, Elle, on the cab. Yes, absolutely. Let's do a cheers to Elle and this gorgeous book, her debut. 
Thank you. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I um I think I've tried this brand before, but I don't think the cab. I don't think I've ever tried it. So yeah. it's really nice. It is a good one. It is. So um I'm really excited to dive into the questions um with you. But first I'd love to give our listeners a little synopsis of um one of those faces because I know they're all gonna want to order this and put it on their to be red pile top of the stack immediately. <laughs> So here's the quick little takeaway, okay? Years after escaping an abusive childhood, Harper Mallon, who really struggles with not only sleepless nights, but horrible, terrifying nightmares, and now in her adult life, she's struggling to survive as an artist in this very cool, trendy Chicago neighborhood, just getting by on freelance gigs, and then the things that keep her up at night kind of start confronting her. Her past kind of is right in front of her. And this horrible fear that she has comes um, right in front of her. And a young woman is killed outside of her apartment. But here's the weird and creepy thing. She really resembles resembles Harper in Bring in the Doppelgangers. Um, and so Harper, of course, dives in and starts getting information. And she fights, uh, finds some really unsettling links to two previous murders. It's a, it's a very twisty turny. It is twisty. Anyway, as so she, as she's realizing this and she's got these doppelgangers and she's finding other victims and her obsession and her paranoia just start going down, spiraling and spiraling. And everyone becomes a suspect. And of course, there's a handsome stranger. Enter handsome stranger. Um, and so the closer she gets to figuring out things, the, the farther apart from the truth she actually finds herself. And it's... It's a great read, and um, I can't wait to talk to you about it. The first thing I'm dying to ask you about is doppelgangers. I am fascinated by this. I did my thesis in my um, master's degree in English, by the way, uh-huh. before law school. Just okay. so you know, we're totally that was the, the that was the parallel. Yeah. <laughs> um, on Edgar Allan Poe, and he does a lot of work. With oh doppelgangers. yeah. So I've always been fascinated, and it's you know, there's tons of doppelganger uh, movies and books and so i was wondering what about that appealed to you and how you how you went down this rabbit hole yeah so i um so i have had weird doppelganger experiences since i was a teenager um and so many times more than are in the book uh i told a couple of uh creepy things that have happened from there as far as i know i always tell everybody they're still alive and well (laughs) as far as i know (laughs) as far as you know I haven't heard of anything tragic happening to any of them, but, um, but yeah, it's just been kind of this weird anecdote that I I've always told people whenever it comes up. Um, and then I've had friends actually tell me, you know, that they've seen, uh, somebody who looks like me and it definitely was not me, but it freaked them out. Um, I've never personally seen any of them, or at least I didn't recognize that they looked like me, but, um, but yeah, anyway, so since I was a teenager, I've had these kind of weird things happen. And then, um, I, uh, I I was kind of talking to my husband about it because he was around when I had somebody come up to me and assume that I was somebody else and it freaked him out. He was like, wow, you weren't kidding. So they like, really, so weird. they really do just like to start talking to you like you're somebody else. Yes. And sometimes oh depending on how, depending on how in-depth the conversation is, I kind of just got tired of correcting people. So if it was in passing, I'd just be like, okay, hi, and then move on. You mean it happened enough times that you had a pattern and a routine? Yes. Oh my yeah. Gosh. And so, um, and it's you're not like so, you know you, you're. Do you know who your parents are and everything? You're not like <laughs> uh, yes. 
<laughs> I kept thinking it was going to be like, you know, like there's a, like where they have the sperm bank where they have like. No. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm, I'm that would be a confident. different book. Yeah, that would be. It might happen in this. We're not giving anything away. But yeah, no. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just kind of like a weird, a weird thing, and um, it it mostly happened in my uh, you know, region that I live in. Uh, you know, kind of as I've expanded to different cities, it happens sometimes. And then one time when I was visiting out of the state, it happened twice. And I was just, I thought it was kind of weird. And and finally my husband was like, there's a really creepy thriller idea there. And I'm like, I think you're right. So <laughs> that is <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Christy, have you ever been mistaken for someone else? Um, just famous people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just gorgeous models. That's better. Yeah. That's better. Yeah. You know, uh, whatever. No, actually, no, I haven't. Not, not like that. Like, I mean, I mean, there's obviously probably, people have said oh you kind of look like so and so or something mm -hmm. but never just straight up like yeah no that's that is unusual i think yeah well and so i know the names of a few of them um oh because people will tell me like people will come up to me and they'll call me by that name so uh what you know one of the doppelgangers um in the book her name is sarah and so i actually took that from an experience oh. that i had when i moved cities this random lady came up to me and she was so convinced that I was this person named Sarah. And I was like, no. And then she, everybody always just gets really quiet and awkward because they were so confident. And um, it was just kind of unsettling because I wow. hadn't lived up here very long. And yeah, it was just weird. So. <laughs> but, yeah. Wow. I, I'm weird. completely taken. I can see why your husband was, was uh, into suggesting yeah. that this is a very good thriller concept. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm wow. You really got me. I have never had anybody miss. Um, suggest I look like somebody else or think I was somebody else ever. So the fact that you've had this happen multiple times, I'm completely intrigued. And to actually just really be convinced, because that was the thing in the book, too. I was like, wow, how can these people not, you know, and how could there be so many doppelgangers? Well, I guess it could be true. <laughs> well, and see, that's why I, so I've had, I've had mixed reactions where it seems like people who haven't had that experience don't really believe it. But then there was, um, there was one agent when I was querying and she messaged me and she said, Oh, I have this happen to me all the time. Does she look like you? Well, I, I don't, I don't know what she, you know, I don't remember what she looks like. Um, but I, she, what she told me is she said, you know, I'm a, um, I, I'm a brown haired woman with glasses. And I was like, maybe, maybe that's the thing. I haven't always been wearing glasses when this has happened. This is kind of a recent development. <laughs> but, um, and then I have occasional reviews where people will say, I have one of those faces. So I loved, you know, all these eerie things going on. So I think there's, I think maybe it's the brown hair. I don't know. So you're <laughs> in you're either one camp or in the other. Like you've had this happen yeah. to you or you haven't, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so Harper, um, the story is told from Harper's point of view, mm -hmm. and she has some issues. Harper has she some does. issues. She does. <laughs> but that's what makes her lovable and also makes us keep guessing and, like, want to, um, you know, follow her. So, uh, obviously, we know that the first person point of view from Harper was an intentional choice. What was hard about it and what... Did you try out something else also? Uh, no, I knew I always wanted to do first person with this book. Um, I, I'd say the real struggle is with first person uh, with this book. And then I feel like any other writing with first person is trying to communicate to the reader 
uh, what the character actually knows in a way that readers can put things together and maybe a way the main character can't, if that makes any sense. I, I feel yeah, like that's kind of that hard to translate hard. and telegraph through the first person narrative sometimes. So you have to kind of drop things that maybe, like I said, the character is not really picking up on, but you you know have to trust readers are paying attention and they yes. can kind of string things along maybe. Readers are smart. I mean, I, I feel like we always hear that from authors. Like, I just trust the reader because I know they're smart enough and they're going to they're gonna catch these clues. And I always find that that leap of faith pretty awesome. Yeah, but you have to, but it's a fine line, right? Because mm -hmm. you don't want the character to seem like they're just like idiots because then that's annoying. Yeah. You know, when yeah. you're reading, you're like going, hello, do you not right. see this red flag? You know? Yeah. So you got to make them be like, okay, well, maybe they're doubting it because they're groggy or something mm -hmm. like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would think anyway. Um, so what I was going to mention too, because we mentioned earlier that JT Ellison was mm -hmm. on our podcast and so she um, talked about a two minute rule. Mm -hmm. And basically, it's you got to hook the readers within the first two minutes. And I want to say that this book is really, really good at that. I mean, you you hook, hook me right away, like in the first page, but even you know, in you know, I can read a few pages in two minutes. I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about how important that is, especially for a debut um, novel, and also maybe give our listeners some insight in the amount of effort that actually goes into those two minutes of reading, <laughs> because I feel like it's it's astronomical compared to what you would think, you know, just two minutes of reading, but that's an important two minutes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I think that's a good rule. Um, also, I just want to say I love JT Ellison. She's amazing. <laughs> I'm so happy to get a blurb from her. <laughs> oh my gosh. You must have yeah. been thrilled. I've been a fan of hers for a really long time. And I drove to, um, she was appearing in one of her book tours in, in like four hours away from me in Minneapolis. And oh, I wow. drove to just to go because I just thought she was so cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just think she's a phenomenal writer, a prolific one. I mean, she, yes. <laughs> and she doesn't give a lot of blurbs. I, I really think that's a very meaningful blurb to get. So I, I kudos. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I hope to meet her someday in person. Hopefully our paths will cross in person, but, um, but yeah, she's really great. Um, so yeah, it, I think it is a lot of work and I have to tell you, so the opening, um, I don't think, I don't think I, a spoiler to talk about how it opens, right? You can see that online. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so it opens on a dream sequence. Which everybody always says don't do, right? Yes. Yeah. And so that's what, um, so yeah, and I knew that going into it and I, I had reservations because I knew that's kind of one of the cliche things everybody says don't do. But um, given the themes of the book and her particular struggles, I just felt like I couldn't get away from it. Um, and that particular dream sequence really sums up and gives very uh, detailed kind of mental images. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, into, into what, you know, she's afraid of um, and some, you know, important information that comes up through the story. So it did change quite a few times because what happens after the dream sequence was kind of more of an issue. You know what to to put in the beginning to make it more compelling that you do want to read more. So I actually did end up uh, working with my agent to edit, you know, some of the stuff out. And then it's a process even with the developmental editor once I got my publisher involved because she actually thought I needed some more there. And so there was this weird 
middle ground that I had to find where I was keeping the pace, you know, interesting enough that people want to keep turning the page after that creepy dream sequence. Um, but then also give enough information, uh, but not too much that it was bogging the story down in the opening pages. So, so it took a lot of work. You're right. Probably if I, if I lined all of that up just for the first two minutes of the read, it was probably like six months just working on that. If you look at all the edits and everything, right. (laughs) Christy, that's such a good question because not that writers don't edit heavily every single moment of a novel but that mm-hmm. opening scene is it's so edited again important. and again and again because yeah. also you're using it for when you're trying to get an agent mm-hmm. and you're yeah. querying and stuff so and I didn't I was like okay it's a dream but it works and then like it when JTL was Ellison was like I always she always puts like a murder in the first you know couple pages and then even after the dream right away we we find out about the murder on the news so it was like oh yeah mm-hmm. this, she's doing it she's doing it she's following JT's rules it's it really <laughs> works. I also love we're not giving any spoilers away so <laughs> if, I, if I get close wave me down but I I really as a reader love um, the book ended moments in a novel where you really see why those important details were important at the beginning. And mm-hmm. so I can see where you have to just, even if you're an outliner, even if you have the whole story structured, until you write it, you really don't know. And you always have to be going back, I imagine, to that first scene and linking all that stuff together. Yeah. Well, and so I'm not actually an outliner. Um, I knew how I wanted this book to, I I kind of roughly knew just off the top of my head how I wanted it to go. And I knew the ending as soon as I started writing it. But everything in between was kind of, you know, it took a lot. And then you're right, you have to go back and make sure that those breadcrumbs are spread out, you know, throughout the story. And um, what I've started doing now, because my my drafting and editing is kind of a nightmare since I don't outline. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now I've started making that sounds like a lot of work. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it is. So what I've started doing for books going forward is I make a book Bible document. And so anytime that like a name changes or anything, and I, I always change people's names so many times throughout a manuscript for whatever reason. <laughs> um, yeah. And so you just can't commit. <laughs> I can't. I can't. And um, anyway, so I, I started keeping a document of all the main important people, all the big events, any clues that come up that I need to keep track of. Um, and fingers crossed that makes things easier for me in the future. I don't know. We'll see. Do you do you um, do you do it in Word or, or have you tried um, Scrivener? Because Scrivener kind of has where you can sort of do that. I think. But... Oh, okay. I've been scared to try Scrivener. I know everybody uses it. I use Google Docs. That's how I. That's how I, I use Google started, Docs but... as well. Um, Google Docs. I, I do. <laughs> okay. You know why though? Is because it that lovely little um, backup. Just constantly backing yeah. up. Yeah. Constantly backing up. Well, it does that on Word too, doesn't it? Now uh, it does. Because Word goes I think you through, can set it up yeah. that way. Yeah, with OneDrive. Mm-hmm. I, I have dabbled into um, Scrivener. I totally can see the attraction of... I mean, I can see why. JT, actually. JT Ellison mm-hmm. um, used to, at least. Um, you know, she would post, like, her word count for the day. And mm-hmm. I, that kind of stuff is like dopamine hits for me, like, right. Oh, you met your goal. Um, and I get how, but it seems like a lot of work to learn. And I can't say yes. that I want to spend the time doing that. Doesn't that sound terrible? Well, I know I have it and I'm 
I, I don't, I haven't bought it yet because I'm still doing the 30 day because <laughs> they don't make, they don't make you do it time wise. You know, right. it's just like each day oh. that you use it. So I'll go on. And so it's like, okay, you've got 15 days left. Do you want to buy it? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I better make sure I buy it or, or transfer this stuff. But, but it, it is, it's hard, but it, it does have kind of some cool features that I would think, you know, yeah. And I, I feel, I feel like if you are an outliner naturally, I feel like that's probably an amazing software for you. Right. Because from what I've seen other people do, there's yeah. so many different ways to keep track of scenes and plotting stuff out. So yeah. And let's have a little beverage, shall we? Christy has yes. a question for you. You've listened to the podcast before, you know, the question in the bottle is just a fun question. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Most like the moment for us to take a sip of our wine. Yes, you guys enjoy <laughs> sip. I, well, I read. If you had to wear a dinosaur costume to one major life event, which would you choose? What did you say? A dinosaur outfit? Yes. If you have to wear a dinosaur costume to one major life event, which would you choose? <laughs> I, so... Off the top of my head, I would want to say a triceratops, but I feel like a pterodactyl would be a bold move. So I'm going to mm. say pterodactyl. Because I think no, but which event would you? Oh, which event? I thought you meant which dinosaur. She's like, I'm going to really focus on the dinosaur. Like, wow, she's a nerd. She's like, I'm not going to do the T-Rex arms. I'm going to do the pterodactyl. No. Yeah. Um, oh, which life event? But you that's know, another um, good way of looking at it now that you think about it. Be like, I, have I can't eat as well. So. At Thriller yes. Fest. A what? I'd love that. The, the debut, debut breakfast. breakfast. I I think actually in the same vein, maybe um, accept, accepting an award for a book <gasps> would be wonderful. I would love that. Yeah. Okay. So. As a pterodactyl, yeah. Like the Edgar Award. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, why not? Wouldn't that be fabulous if you just could do that? Let's have a pact right now. Like if no! we win the Edgar, that's what I we'll do. I can't do that because Elle could very well be up for that next year. No, I am not going to hold her to that. <laughs> I, see, well, like I'll the, do it. <laughs> the improbability. I I love it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I um there I I did I do love those like we're talking about the blow up ones right like those blow up inflatable dinosaurs you can outfits. any kind of costume if well, you want you can make it yourself yeah I wouldn't be able to do that <laughs> all right so um <laughs> you've got a debut out you got your second novels on pre order saw mm -hmm, that yeah um so there has to have been a lot of highs and lows during this whole publishing process can you oh. talk to us about any of those. Well, uh, well, okay. So for one of those spaces, I was on the verge of giving up on traditional publishing with it. Um, so it's kind of funny because my, so the agent I ended up with, she was close to queries when I started. And so she had been in my first, you know, round of people to query to because her, her manuscript wish list really, you know, it, it seemed like a perfect fit for my story. And, uh, I kind of just highlighted it on the little spreadsheet I had for queries. Um, and then, you know, almost a year had gone by and I hadn't really, I had people read, I had agents read it, uh, but ultimately everything came back with a rejection and I was really close to just kind of, you know, um, I don't know, trying to figure out a plan B for it. Um, and then January, I want to say, I guess it was 2021 when I signed with her or close to 2021, January. Um, and I decided I was going to try one last time to a couple of agents. And I was, 
I had a few stragglers on my list. And then I had this like one little green field that was highlighted with my agent Abby's name on it. And I was like, let me go see if she's open to queries again. And she was. And so I, I sent it to her and she responded within one day. So there's the low and the high at the same time. Yes. <laughs> it all kind of, wow. it all kind of, I was so surprised and she read it in a couple of days. And then um, over the weekend, she emailed me and she wanted to set up a call. And I couldn't believe it. All of this time, I've and been so stressed your, out. This is your ideal agent? Like this is your high in the yes. sky agent? Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, and like I said, the timing just didn't work out for almost a year, almost a full year. And um, it, she might have opened a queries a few months before I actually checked, but like I said, she was all the way up here and I'd scrolled and gone through all these other people. Oh, yeah. that's, <laughs> yeah. That's so then she called you? Yes. Yeah. And then we had a call and she loved it and she had a great, you know, editorial vision for it. And um, that was the thing I had heard back from a couple of people who had key issues with things that I was not willing to to change completely. I was, you know, of course, willing to change and tweak things about the story. Um, if it made the story stronger, in my opinion, you know, since right. I wrote it. Um, and Abby, I feel like her vision really perfectly aligned with where where I wanted the story to actually be. Um, she and I were kind of on the same page. And so um, yeah, it just worked out great. So oh, well, that's so exciting. Yeah. Then once you got published, I mean, I'm sure there were some surprises along the way. And did you um, automatically have like a two book deal or? No, I um, so no, I, I just got the one book deal for one of those faces. And then um, before it came out, I got re-signed uh, with a second book. So that was that was another nice high uh, so yeah. to get that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, the submission process, I think for anybody who's been through it, you know, once you have an agent and then when they're submitting your book, that's that's an incredibly stressful time and it's just waiting. And then also more rejection after you've already been rejected by a lot of agents, right. <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's just stressful. But um well, and that's kind of the funny thing too. So the editor and the publisher I got with for one of those faces in the second book, she was actually in our first round of pitches on submission, uh, but it took her a while to read, you know, to get to my book. And um, we had already gone to the second round and I was getting more rejection. And then, you know, suddenly she read it and she read it in a couple of days when she picked it up and she loved it. Um, so it's just kind of a lot of weird timing things, you know, when you kind of give up hope, yeah. because, you know, yeah. you're in the second round, you know, so I so I guess I was going to ask what your tip is for other aspiring, uh, right authors, and I, and I probably it's like, don't give up, but <laughs> I, it was so cliched, but I mean, really, yeah, it's just, you know, it, well, and then also, you know, it seems like a lot of waiting, but it's, it's worth it if you're able to find the right fit. But I also I don't think there's any I don't think there should be any uh, negative things said about, you know, finding the right time to give up because I mean, there are, you know, certain times when you do have to kind of let a project go to start a new one and, mm-hmm. you know, you're not throwing in the towel completely, but, you know, I don't think there's any shame for, you know, people who they, they've kind of taken as much as they can for that one book and they want to mm-hmm. start a new project. So um, it just happened that my timing worked out well that way, <laughs> so, but I was about to do that. So. Okay, so Elle, we've had just this incredible um, list of people this year. And I'm thinking Yasmin Ango, and I'm thinking Wanda um, Christie, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they've all had this kind of really special experience where they were kind of getting to the end of their, I don't know, patience or the, the what the waiting time was they thought they, they, they could give it. And then something really incredible happened. 
kind of like you with your dream agent, right? And the editor. And that's really wonderful. But I also don't want people to think that, 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 that you have to have this magical thing. A lot of this is just the weight, right? And the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is so subjective because I, uh, there's people on the other end of everything in the traditional publishing industry, right? You know, and, you know, they all have different opinions. And, you know, like I said, timing, if she hadn't reopened to queries when she did, and I had already given up, then who knows if I would have ever, you know, found someone. So yeah. Well, it's good to acknowledge that, that you can only control what you can control. And mm-hmm. um, that's very, it's a hard thing for some of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not saying who. Um, okay. So L, so you, um, we mentioned at the outset, I believe that you are a lawyer, um, Mm -hmm. who I love, I love that you said that you took a little segue into law (laughs) versus the other way around. Yeah. Um, so what's your writing routine like when you have a job and Mm -hmm. a second job, which is writing? Yeah. So, uh, originally how it started with one of those spaces was, um, I, I was working at a different firm, and uh, I would take my lunch breaks at a coffee shop and just write out as many words as I could. And then if I felt like I was on a roll and I had more in me, then at night when I got back home, I would keep writing um, or I'd wake up super early the next day and keep writing. But um, I don't know, somehow I managed to squeeze it in. I don't, I don't really know what happened. I was super stressed <laughs> out at that period of my life. <laughs> um, but I, you know, maybe, I don't know. I, I think there was something cathartic about writing. And so I, I, poured a lot into it in my free time. And, um, and now I've kind of found a way to scale back uh, my practice and, you know, make a make a specific routine that works, um, you know, so I can get more words in and, and kind of give both professions uh, enough time or close to as much time as they deserve, you know, (laughs) as much as human humanly possible. So yeah, yeah. but it is a struggle. So many hours in the day. There are, um, yeah. <laughs> and so you mentioned, and so your your second is out for pre-order, which we're going to put a link on, because pre-orders, by the way, audience, are a lovely gift to give authors. <laughs> pre-order their books. It is uh, as nice as giving a review, if not nicer. I don't know which. Sometimes nicer, yeah. 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 <laughs> Depends on the review. <laughs> yeah. And you had mentioned that you had gotten that second book deal before this one even came out. So are you working on another standalone or are we at what, what's going on uh so the second book is a standalone um and then i i don't know i have too many irons in the fire at once so i have maybe three different projects being drafted at the same time uh, it's a little chaotic i'm trying to figure out which one to finish first <laughs> but um but yeah so I, I do have a few things kind of in the works um but you know ultimately it depends on well, first, what I finished first, and then also, you know, what, <laughs> what the publisher is interested in. So we'll see. And so pre-order, everybody. Pre-order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's, it's funny. Uh, I'm glad you're plugging the pre-orders because, you know, before, I think a lot of writers, before they actually had books coming out, most of us also didn't know how important pre-orders can be. So, um, yeah. I still don't yeah. know. <laughs> I was like, Kathy, how do you know that? I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I I've been doing my research. It is it shows a lot of faith in to publishers and what audiences are going to come back for. And I feel like we always we only focus on writers here, but publishers are in this. This is a business for them as well. They're in mm-hmm. this to make a living, obviously, and as are writers. Um, but they're often, I feel like, kind of at 
odds with each other, but they need not be. Um, yeah. So I always, Christy and I always say, do a, for Christmas, we were saying, as a kindness, um, if you want to give your favorite authors a Christmas gift, leave a review. But I also would mm-hmm. say pre-order your next book. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I do do that to my, all of my favorite authors that come off a new book. I, I intentionally go and pre-order. The other thing, and it's completely free, is requesting books at the library. That's kind of a big help, too. Oh. One of my other agent siblings, she's um, she's a librarian, and I think she's some kind of really important-sounding regional um, librarian person. She orders for several <laughs> different libraries in her, her oh, area. Oh, fine. Like uh, a buying librarian. Or I, think I, think so. yeah. I think so. Yeah. So she, and she wrote some <laughs> article. I wish I could remember the website it was on, but um, her name's Tara Harris, and um, she... Uh, she wrote an article about how uh, like the role libraries play when it comes to authors. And they, they actually pay a little bit more when they buy books because they're essentially, you know, buying one copy that's going to be read several times. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a little bit of a different process. And, um, and then they also reorder books whenever they get worn out and checked out a lot. So, so if you do have favorite books, go request them at all your local libraries. I didn't realize that I should start doing that because I, a lot of times I like to get like Kindle from the library Mm-hmm. here and if they don't have the author because you know they don't have everybody's they don't know until you know so i'll go check and see if they have yours i do too i love that oh, tip that good. is a wonderful tip <laughs> I, yeah and like i said it's completely free yeah but they want to know what you want to read i imagine yeah, yeah exactly yeah so yeah. and i think you know you could turn the librarians on to an author that you really like right. and then you know, once that book is in circulation at the library, random people are going to be exposed to an author that they yeah. probably never heard of. And, you know, they'll be on the lookout for next books and stuff. So, yeah. I frequent our local library here, too, in our, our little town. And I they have a um, new release mysteries and thrillers section right when I walk in. And I can't tell you how many of our podcast guests have been in that. I'm like, I should be taking pictures of this. Why am I doing I, I, Hello? Hello, <laughs> you just opened my brain. <laughs> or oh, you should even <laughs> well I was going to say you should even ask the librarian if you can be uh, you can have uh, access to make a guest, guest uh, shelving display of all your favorites or something try to try to get in there ask them if they'll let you curate your own shelf I'll be calling you for marketing and, and uh, publicity help from now on yeah <laughs> okay Christy has a final question for you Elle. oh yeah gosh I almost forgot okay <laughs> So, which of your characters would you like to share a meal with, and what would it be? I mean, the thing is, they're all complicated, right? Um, <laughs> Who would you trust to have a meal with? Yeah, say. yeah. So, uh, honestly, I think I probably had enough of Harper because she was living in my head for a very long time while I wrote this. So, <laughs> so I might, maybe, uh, maybe Danny, you know, for readers who know who Danny is, I think he'd be kind of a fun uh, easier person to talk to than you know, I like was the, like, my main of all of them, I would like, I'm like Danny, the pick Danny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's one of my favorites. I mean, I love them all. And like I said, I, I love Harper, but I I've spent a lot of time with her over the past couple of years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have, I imagine yeah. she's been in your brain for a long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and probably Chicago deep dish or something. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, some yeah, cool for sure. Restaurant from that from that neighborhood. Yeah, mm-hmm. or um, or even are you are you guys familiar with Chicago? Because maybe uh, go to Portillo's, you know, get a hot dog or something. I think that'd be great. I am. <laughs> I've only been a couple times, but Kathy, you you just went recently. I did just oh, go yeah. recently, and I don't know Portillo's, but now I want. Oh to. no! Okay, yeah, <laughs> they're great. <laughs> now I want to. 
right. Chicago style hot dogs are my favorite. Um, Yeah, they're great. (laughs) Okay. So Elle, when our listeners want to find out more about you or reach out to you, where should they go? Uh, So I'm on Twitter and Instagram uh, with the same handle, Elle Grawl. It wasn't taken. So I, you know, I tried to keep everything as consistent as possible. My website is the same, lgrawl.com. Yeah, we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just got lucky. So nobody has the same last name, so. <laughs> that you know of. You've got Dr. That's Dengar true. Place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I, when I came back to the screen a second ago, I mean, I swear, you look just like this friend of mine in high school. Oh, I was stop like, it. no. <laughs> she kind of did a little bit, but I mean... I, Anyway, um, so this has been a lot of fun, and I we really want to thank you. And I think I think we do need to do another cheers. I for do too. This yeah, book and the next so one coming out. I'm hold this up <laughs> thank while you. I hold this gorgeous cover. <laughs> one of those faces. Cheers. cheers. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can watch and listen. On gameofbookspodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter and enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you that we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers.